0: Well, good evening, and welcome to the Apologetics.com radio show, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. I'm Harry Edwards, your host for the evening, and I'm joined by a very good friend... John Noyce. I think you're my uh, best friend for tonight, John. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's good because I'm your only friend, <laughs> except so. for you guys listening, of course.
0: There you go. Yeah, John is just one of those faithful hosts that we have. He he actually hosts half of our shows. I love it. Is that right? That is right because it's you know you're doing it two a a month. That's half well, I our guess shows. I do. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: I don't think about it like that.
0: <laughs> well, you are just faithful, and and I love you, brother. I I love what you do. Uh, for the kingdom, your are pastor, father, and apologist with SDR, and so... Praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into our topic, I want to just uh, let our listeners know that we are a listener-supported show, and our show exists because of your financial support and prayers. Apologetics.com is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization under the IRS designation of a 501c3. Which means all your generous gifts to us is tax-deductible, and all of it goes directly to pay, really, at this point, pay our our radio show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not getting paid. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm not getting paid. (laughs) So uh, we appreciate your continued prayer and support. Just go to our site. If you want to make a donation, www.apologetics.com. All right, um, before we start, John— how are things going with you man?
1: Ever very well, I mean under the circumstances I think. Uh God is sovereign and and he's always good. Uh even in the the hard things of life which I mean I I don't want to lie and say, you know, everything's perfect, but you know, I I definitely uh, feel that uh, God has just been really grace uh uh he's he's re- not rewarded but Showered his grace on my family the last couple months. You know oh. we've uh, been sustained, luckily, uh, and my kids. My youngest just started preschool, where now she's actually able to meet. Mm. Like in the classroom, so she's out of the house two days. They got a week.
0: exemptions or something from the governor?
1: Yeah, well, it, it, I guess preschools just never shut oh. down. <laughs> I don't know. They're letting. I guess they're letting you know the kids who put everything in their mouth uh, uh, meet together, but um, but the other kids not. But the other kids started school as well, and um, uh, it's obviously distance learning. Uh, but we go to a small little Christian uh, classical Christian school called Beacon Hill Classical Academy. Mm-hmm. Where I, actually, I serve on their board, and um, we've made some really hard decisions the last couple of months, but I think it's for the best, and, wow. and my kids, uh, whether they're in the classroom or at home, seem to figure a way to, f- to kind of thrive, and yeah. it's actually, I like kind of having them home. We go to a be- the beach a lot, and I was at the beach before I came here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I life can, is good, man. And I'm great. married to an amazing woman, Praise God and I've got that. four amazing, healthy kids. Yeah.
0: I, Tell me a little bit about what's going on with you and STR. Um, have you been speaking for str in the last you know during this <laughs> pandemic i know you you traveled somewhere not too long ago so I imagine you're you're still doing that and praise God for an organization like str
1: yeah um, uh STR is fantastic stand to reason i am um uh, uh a speaker and uh, I forget what my second title is, like outreach coordinator or something. I'm not quite sure. Um Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades a yeah. little bit. Yeah, we're we're working that out. I'm I'm still fairly new to Stand the Reason. I've yeah. I've been there for about a year, but only full time maybe eight months yeah. and uh raised support for myself, which is you're hundred percent covered. Uh, I'm probably about 75%. Okay. Um, which it means I can, I can make my house payment and yeah, yeah. <laughs> all my bills get paid and, and everybody is, uh, for the most part happy. Praise God. Um, <laughs> and, uh, no, it's, it's going really, really well. I'm not traveling much because of COVID. Most sure. of our uh, conferences and stuff have been canceled. Most of my speaking, uh, engagements have been canceled, but there have been a few where I've been able to go and share. I was just in Utah yeah Uh, maybe a month and a half ago because that utah opened up for a little bit and i was able to speak i spoke five times on one sunday uh three times on suicide so that's been the topic i've been focusing on most and um, that's gonna be your thing now you're the guy to talk about teen suicide teen suicide has has been my focus for less probably better part of 18 months yeah and it's not getting better it's getting worse because of the pandemic, right? CDC just released, uh, four week, three weeks ago, uh, the newest study of, I think around 5,000 sampling. So it's a significant size sampling group. 25.5% of college age students have contemplated suicide in the last six months. One in four. One in four. Oh my goodness. It's really sad. In my own research,
0: and you know that I've been doing this, um, Gen Z and that's anyone born after nineteen ninety six to about two thousand ten, they are the most depressed generation ever. Yeah. In in Ever since we've been tracking generations,
1: it's really all this stuff is really really interesting when you start digging yeah. into it. I mean, it's uh, at first it sounds very sad, it sounds very depressing. But while I was digging into the research and the numbers and everything, and this isn't even our topic for tonight. <laughs>
0: right, um, but when I was
1: digging into it, I became really intrigued at what we're seeing because like we live at a time in history where uh, we've seen incredible, amazing advances in science, right? So so we understand the brain better than we've ever understood the yeah. brain. We know how to treat things with amazing drugs that are available. You know, um, to tr- to treat. Schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder, whether it be um, depression or any of these anxiety. So so one would think that with the increases in this understanding of both the brain and the mind and also uh, uh, an increase in uh, the ability to treat these types of um, mental health issues – uh, you'd think suicide rates would be going down, but they've increased. Uh, they've increased 30% in the last 20 years. The rate has, and now it's, now it's spiking. Yeah. And it's, uh, in my opinion, it has to do with, uh, and I'm not a doctor. I understand this, but uh, I don't think you need to be a doctor to understand this. I, uh, I think it has to do with world worldview, man. We've become uh, a culture ruled by naturalism. Uh, it's even, you know, made its way into the church. Yeah. Uh, and we are seeing the results of that. Yeah. Um, where the the lie that you're better off dead than alive is uh is somehow acceptable and and there's no hope.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, anyways, anyways, good. Uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that update, John. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Harry. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's so weird sitting on this side of the table. Like I'm not in the host's seat, and it's like I don't remember the yeah, last time. You're the
0: content guy tonight, all right? <laughs> oh, am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. Oh well, <laughs> somebody, I'm just throwing might have stuff at to you. Tell
1: me that before the show, because <laughs> I don't have any content.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight, all right. So let me introduce introduce a topic for tonight. Uh, the title is just "How Has Church Changed During the Pandemic?" All right. Wow. So. We want to talk about the various church positions as to whether to have regular church services, and so on the uh, on the one side of things, I guess i 'm talking about MacArthur in uh, Grace Church who uh, pretty much vowed to uh, defy the governor the california governor's orders they 're going to meet and do church like normal all right so that 's on the one side on the other side uh, is the uh, uh we're not meeting. Church is closed, and uh, if we do any online stuff, uh, that, that would be the extent of church, just everything online. Um, and and by the way, before I forget, I, I think I just read a statistic not too long ago. They're saying that uh, one in five churches might close forever because of this pandemic. Yeah. Just because they're not meeting, so, you know, uh tithing and offerings are down and and just people are thinking that uh, church is non-essential and so they figured ah you know i I don't need to show up to church anymore
1: yeah Um, well and a lot of churches have kind of created i mean i may be jumping the gun here that's fine but a lot of churches i think have have done a pretty good job of creating that environment that problem for themselves while providing this online content and you know, pushing people to just watch like it's Oh
0: man, is it Andy Stanley? You said on the one side, right?
1: Yeah, Andy Stanley's church, one of the largest churches in America. They announced early on. I mean, months ago now, they they announced that they're not going to meet until 2021. Yeah, yeah, and and they're doing all their stuff online and, and providing really, you know, it's, it's high end production quality. It's I mean, multi. I mean, I can't even I can't even imagine the millions of dollars. You know, and here I am. I, I pastor a local church where my giving last week I think it was one hundred and twenty-four dollars. <laughs> like that's what we came in. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like, oh man, I would just, I would, I would, I would just love just to have one weekend. I mean, one weekend you 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 have my yearly budget multiple times <laughs> over, uh, right. Mister Stanley, and and yet, uh, are you shepherding your people? You know, are you really shepherding your people? Uh, right how do you do that online so yeah. anyways let
0: me just lay out you're the, gonna get me in trouble tonight uh, yeah i know and that's good i like that because uh, yeah. we we want people to chime in actually so if you have a strong opinion or a weak opinion whatever just give us a call 888-995-KKLA that's 888-995-5552 and we want a we want to hear if you're a churchgoer what is your church doing and uh Try to help us understand why they're doing it the way they're doing it during this pandemic. Uh, Are they on the MacArthur side of things, or are they on the uh, Stanley um, side of things? So, uh, and not only that, we want to hear what you think are the reasons your church leaders are or using to uh, decide what they're doing. I'm, I'm curious about that. So let me start things off with uh, the MacArthur side, as I understand it. And you can just go to their site, because they uh, put a statement out there titled, Christ, not Caesar, is head of the Church. And uh, if, if I'm understanding um, MacArthur, he... Uh, and, and he, he explains it pretty well, I think. He has an addendum to it saying that even, yeah, in the beginning, they did follow state orders and, and health officials' uh, recommendations to to uh, stop meeting together. And uh, during the early part of March, yeah, we thought, and, and our leaders were telling us that uh, millions could possibly die from this Uh It'd be in the millions, right? Yeah. Uh, I remember even listening to uh, our you know, California governor say that uh, 52% of Californians would be infected. And I'm looking at my family, and I'm thinking, and there's four of us. I go, huh, two of us will be getting this. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was pretty scary, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so I get it. And so MacArthur is saying, yeah. Uh, out of an abundance of caution, they follow the state orders. But then after, you, you know, after a couple weeks where the the main message from the highest levels was we are going to flatten the curve because we don't want to <laughs> inundate the hospitals with sick, you know, people sick from COVID, uh, then, you know— certain measures had to happen, and, and so we obliged, and uh, the curve was flattened. Um, and then, before you know it, uh, the measures kept getting stricter and stricter, and here's MacArthur thinking, wait, you know, um, he's probably looking at his own community, and he's not seeing the numbers, and and things were not consistent, so he— Obviously, he spoke to his elders and said, "Wait a minute, we we have to rethink this. And uh, yes, we respect the the state, um, you know, as uh, as Scripture tells us to respect and obey the state in Romans thirteen, I believe, right? Um, but if the state now is dictating how the church ought to do its mission and vision, that's when." He drew a hard line on the sand and said, that's yeah. not going to happen. Well,
1: yeah, Romans 13 tells us to submit, right. not obey. Mm. And there's a distinction, I think, that we need to make there where we submit to the, church, uh, submit to the state, um, but we don't have to obey. And that leaves room for, at least according to my theology, the way that I read Romans 13 um, would be that we can, uh, we can civilly disobey Right. Meaning we don't listen to what the government c- tells us, but then the submit part comes when uh, you know Joe Lawman comes and wants to lock us up, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and surely MacArthur would do that, right? right John right. MacArthur, if the sheriffs, you know, if uh, if LA County Sheriff's Office showed up this Sunday at his church and took him away, he wouldn't flee, he wouldn't fight, right? He would be led away, just like Paul, right. You know? That's true. That's a good. Uh, that's a good example, right and, uh, there. and that's the difference, I think. But that, and I think there's there's warrant for what's going on in Scripture. You know, and that's ultimately where our allegiance is, mm-hmm. right? Caesar uh, is, you know, isn't head of the church. Christ is. That's right. And and we look to the to the Scripture to get our guidance. Right. Right. And and he does base
0: it off of this. Uh, now, forgive me for not knowing where this is coming from, but it is implicit for sure in Scripture. I can't give you the chapter and verse, but uh, he takes his ideas from the common-held view that there are uh, three spheres of authority that God has placed uh, on this earth, right? Uh, One sphere is the family, the other sphere is... um, the church and the other is the state, and each of those spheres of authority have a particular jurisdiction. So, um, the family, you know, they they operate under certain rules, and they are in a way sovereign unto themselves. Uh, the church is the same way, and so is the state. Uh, it's nice when when all of the activities kind of enmesh and and they serve each other, which. It 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 has for a long time here in the U.S. and and we're thankful for that. But during this pandemic, we're seeing that this is getting fractured a little bit here and there. That's why we're seeing this. So, but so that's the MacArthur side, and then on the Stanley side, right? Um, well, number one, right? Were they explicit? Correct me if I'm wrong, John. Were they explicit? In, ex- I think he was explicit in saying that they're going to obey the go- government. Absolutely. Wh- whatever they say.
1: As far as I, I remember I think so, too.
0: It. I remember that, too. Yeah. Uh, he actually said
1: that. They're on the side of science, in, in quotes, yeah. and they're not going to put their people at risk. And they believe that the government is the institution that has the best interests for the people in mind. So they're going to follow what the government says, in the understanding that it's best for the people. Right, and so they're a large church, they're a mega church, right? They're huge, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Big, bigger <laughs> than Grace Church, actually. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. many times over, many times over. <laughs> I mean, I think I think uh, Grace is like eight eight thousand people total, yeah. and and it's, I mean, yeah, they I think they get eight thousand in a service. Okay, you know, right. I think they're up at like ten ten thousand per service. Right, and and Stanley is, it's insane. Oh, 10,000 per service? I think so. Okay. I, th- I mean, I'm not 100% sure on these yeah. numbers, but I probably shouldn't be saying it on the radio. But but, but it's huge. I know it's bigger. It's ginormous. You know? and, and and they're not
0: doing regular church. Everything's just online. Everything's online. Know? All right. So if you want to join our discussion here, uh, give us a call, 888-995-KKLA. That is 888-995- 5552 we're live right now. And so if if you're a church goer, I want to know what you guys are doing, what what kind of church is go is working for you guys or what your <laughs> what your pastors uh, have decided what church is during this pandemic and try to give us reasons why you think your pastor has decided how they're doing church. Uh, if you're not a church goer, we're still interested to know your opinion on on that should churches meat oh and and here's the other thing that we're going to cover right john is the whole essential labels that uh other organizations have merited sure and the non-essential label that other organizations have <laughs> merited <laughs> so yeah you're laughing because you know uh, which organizations are essential which ones are not essential. Yeah,
1: well i mean i want to i want to know who's actually defining these things and like where we, what do we mean essential i was so i was on a road trip on that trip to utah and then my family because we're in a pandemic so i can work remotely now which is fantastic So we took a road trip, right? So we're driving through Utah. We went up to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, went through Idaho, back home, and we stopped in Vegas for a night to take the kids and just, (laughs) big mistake. But anyways, I'm standing there in line and I'm, I'm talking to the woman at the front desk at the hotel we were staying at. And she said to me, she's super nice and I'm being really nice back to her. And like, we're just having a good conversation about some stuff. And. And she looked at me and she says, hey, you're, part, you're here for the essential workers thing, right? <laughs> and I looked at her and I'm like, I don't think so. And she's like, no, you are. And I'm, I'm no, I don't think I am. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's what I said to her. And she's like, well, what do you do for work? And I said, well, I'm a pastor and a, and a public speaker. And she said, Oh yeah, you're an essential worker. I want to give you a free night. Oh you know? nice. but nice. but like okay. in my mind I'm thinking and that's fantastic. I said, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is amazing because, you know, we got like a really nice room there and they took care of us and, and stuff. It was great. It was a great experience. I'm not I'm not ragged on that and I'm grateful. But like what in the world does it mean to be an essential worker anyway? Anyway, sorry.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's good. But hey, I mean I love that story in Vegas of all places too. Well yeah, they're they, trying to get recognized, the yeah. Me, man. <laughs>
1: they're not making money on the hotel room, you know. <laughs> the hotel room's at the least of their worries question is did
0: a pastor gamble in there huh i mean a, a pastor didn't gamble <laughs> yeah, but yeah. a pastor's wife
1: would, would definitely gamble <laughs>
0: yeah. you know hey so long as you tie the 10% <laughs> there off you go it. man i i
1: am a, I, I love uh i i i love the i i actually i do like vegas um uh because it's just uh always bustling with people and i love people and i love seeing the different types of people and um, I like food, and I like nice hotels, and in Vegas, I can afford nice food and nice hotels. Anyways, Anyways way off topic.
0: No, no, that's no, good. No, um, we'll touch on Vegas later, John, but, <laughs> but you know what? I've got a caller, and I think I know who this is, and he's a pastor, and uh, he wants to give his opinion on our, on our topic tonight. I'm going to bring him in right now. Fantastic. Hey, Jared. Is this Jared that I know? This is the Jared that you know. <laughs> Jared, thanks for uh calling and you probably got my message. So uh I did. Awesome. Well, you're live right now on the air and uh you probably heard our topic. Um, what what are you doing and and also let let our listeners know uh which church you pastor, invite them.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I uh am Pastor at the First Baptist Church of Torrance in Torrance, California. I recently uh, became the lead pastor there, starting in the middle of May, in the midst of the pandemic. So, talk about oh. becoming a pastor in the crazy. Um, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we we um, we do meet on Sundays, but we meet outside in the parking lot. And so, anyone is welcome to come at nine thirty a.m. It's uh, in the uh, city of Torrance. It's on Carson Avenue, and I should have the address in front of me, but I don't. So, but you can look just it look up it up. For yeah, church, <laughs> and uh, we'd love to have you nine thirty in the parking lot. Um, join us. It's a pretty uh, just uplifting time, and and but uh, definitely a time where the word is preached and praises of the Lord are sung. So, I
0: love um, it. Now, Jared, yeah. tell us real briefly what you and your Elders, your deacon board, your church leaders, what uh, what process did you guys go through uh, to to decide to do church a certain way? So, why, why don't you you know walk us through that?
2: Yeah. So um, obviously, when when everything came down to close the doors, we. We, like, you know, John MacArthur's church, we, we obeyed, we did that, we shut everything down, and we started going online, which was kind of a, a crazy thing for our church in general, because um, we were not very tech-savvy at the time, and, and I wasn't even actually the pastor yet <laughs> of the <laughs> church, um, so we, but we, we did go online, um, started uh, broadcasting, pre-recording our services, and um, at that time, but then when uh, uh, President Trump gave his announcement that he would veto any of the governors, um, we had enough of the people in our church who said, "Oh, great! We're essential. We need to get back together." And um, and then, of course, the the even even the state uh, responded to that, and, and Newsom gave his guidelines to to start meeting back in person, and we opened up the church. Um, we did everything that we were asked to do in terms of safety protocols. We poured over the documents backwards and forwards to try to make sure that we had um, all all the I's dotted, all the T's crossed. Uh, so, you know, we taped every pew, uh, every other pew and had the seating six feet apart. Um, we had the luxury of a larger uh, sanctuary, um, but knowing that we would probably have a smaller um uh, congregation at that time show up because we we also have a um we have a congregation that 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 um trends a little bit older as well and so a lot of those are in the um quote unquote um at risk population so we knew that not not everyone would come so we but we started meeting at, at in person at church just one service uh ten thirty in the morning and that process uh was Kind of crazy because, again, just coming on board as the, the lead pastor, having been there less than a month at that time, um, it, we, were, we were kind of scrambling. And, and so we, we put a statement out that said, hey, we're planning on getting back together. Um, I think we didn't do it the, 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 the weekend right after the, the restrictions were lifted, but I think we did the following weekend. And so it was May 31st. Yeah. Um, that, that's when we started meeting indoors, and um, and we met together as, as staff, and we invited, um, our, we call it the executive committee, so our board structure is um, a very typical um, Baptist kind of board structure, so we have a deacon board, and then we have a smaller group of uh, it's called the executive committee. That that's a portion of that that deacon board. Um, and so we met with the executive committee, and we um, and uh, and and everybody was in agreement. Not all of them were willing to come at that time. Uh, some of the members of the executive committee are on the older, more at-risk side, so they decided to stay home. But all of all of the staff was just so game yeah. uh, for it. Uh, and and very encouraging in that. So it 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 was a very easy transition to start meeting inside. We we quickly got things together um, and uh, put out any kind of information that we could put out and you know all kinds of signs and things like that. So um, yeah, started meeting That's on the thirty first of, <clears throat> of May.
0: All right, last question for you, Jared. Um, within your leadership. Uh, what were some of the tensions that you guys were trying to manage in terms of uh, uh, conflict and values? What were some of those that you guys had to work through?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, there was the, um, uh, kind of the, the fear of uh, this, this pandemic is real. People are getting sick. They, they are, they are dying. Um, there were, uh, cases in, in torrents, um, you know, uh, Torrance has an a, a older population in general. We have a lot of um, retirement homes, a lot of rest homes, things like that. And so the cases here were actually a little bit higher than maybe other places. Uh, definitely not as high as downtown parts of L.A. Um, <clears throat> but so there was that fear. But then there was also the, you know, we are essential. Um, you know, church church needs to happen. We're called the you know, we're the we're the called out ones, yeah. the ecclesia, if you will. And so there was that, especially from us. And and we made the you know with the caveat that hey, if you don't feel comfortable coming, we're still going to provide opportunities for you to engage online, um, to to e- interact with us in different ways. We were we were doing Zoom Bible studies and other things at that time. Um, and so that was the, the big question, whether or not to open. But it, even those that weren't feeling comfortable coming, m- the majority of them were saying, um, but we still think it's great that you are opening up. Um, you know, and, so, and so we did, and we, yeah. we opened up. When, and then when the, um, when the next set of guidelines came in and said, okay, you can't be inside anymore, again, we are blessed to have a large parking lot. And so we say hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna move out to the parking lot, um, you know. We so we in that sense we honored um, what the what the government was saying. Um, had they said not meet, then we would have had a, a big issue, I ah, think, completely. Okay. But but they said you know you can go outside and still meet outside. And so we decided okay we'll, we'll, we'll just do this, try it, see see what it kind of looks like. Still have a, a, the ability to meet together. Um, silver lining. The gospel is preached in the outdoors, and neighbors are, <laughs> are hearing it. And worship is going out, and and uh, there's there's a sense of excitement even in the midst of the heat. Uh, <laughs> it really
0: was. That's true. That
1: was,
0: <laughs> that was just one was Sunday, I believe. Hot. Yeah, two,
1: <laughs> two Sundays. Two right okay. Sundays. <laughs> John says yeah. it's two Sundays. Okay.
0: Hey, Jared, thanks so much. Uh, thanks for calling in and. Uh, uh, I guess I'll see you soon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Thanks for calling. All right, brother. Yeah. Bye-bye. That's good. Uh, I, I know we're good. almost at the uh, midpoint here, and I see Greg from Costa Mesa patiently waiting. Greg, hang in there. We will definitely get to you. And... uh uh be- before we get to break, though, uh, well, is it break time, Gabriel? All right. Well, I, I-, I got the nod. It's break time right, right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> the music's been on for yeah, a bit. Yeah, the minutes. music's been on. All right. Sorry. Uh, so we will uh, come back and uh, stay tuned.
3: What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Everyone has ideas about God. Unfortunately, many people hold false ideas about him, and these ideas have consequences. Some false ideas have led people to worship a God of their own making, while others have led people to reject God altogether. This year, we've devoted an entire conference to answering the most common false ideas about God. Is God anti-gay? Is God good? Do Muslims and Christians worship the same God? These are just a few of the topics we'll be addressing. The only way to guard against false ideas is to fill our minds with true ideas. So join me and a number of other speakers at one of this year's Rethink Apologetics student conferences. Find out more information about Rethink by going to RethinkApologetics.com. That's RethinkApologetics.com. We are at war. It's not a war of bombs and bayonets. It's not a war against flesh and blood. In fact, it's not a physical war at all. It's a spiritual war. That's why Paul instructs us to put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The devil's primary scheme is deception. He wants us to believe false ideas about God. And the only way to guard against false ideas is to fill our minds with true ideas. Simply put, we combat deception with truth. It's unfathomable to imagine sending young men and women off to fight a physical war without proper training. Yet... When it comes to spiritual warfare, we do this all the time. The vast majority of our students are simply not prepared for the spiritual battle that awaits them. At this year's Rethink Apologetic Student Conferences, we're training students to counter the lies of the enemy. Lies like God does not exist, God is anti-gay, Muslims and Christians worship the same God are just a few of the false ideas we'll be addressing. So join me and a number of other speakers at one of this year's Rethink Apologetics student conferences. Find out more information about Rethink by going to RethinkApologetics.com. That's RethinkApologetics.com. The mission of Apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think
1: and thinkers to believe. On the radio on the internet and now in the life of the mind conferences if you believe in the work that apologetics.com is doing we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air on the web and in events near you gifts of any amount are appreciated and it's very simple to participate Just go to Apologetics.com and click Donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to Apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting Apologetics.com.
4: All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com
2: radio show.
0: Well, welcome back to the uh, second half of the Apologetics.com radio show. I'm Harry Edwards, your host for this evening, and we have been talking about this topic. How has church changed during the pandemic? And we just heard from Jared, pastor at uh, Torrance First Baptist. Uh, Check out the church. They're having services every 9.30 right now during this uh, COVID season. And and who knows? It might change. Uh, Just... Just uh just go to the website or go to Facebook, search for them uh they've been doing church outside uh, so good
1: good guy um so what do you think John? what do you think of
0: <laughs> what, what Jared shared with us
1: I thought it was great I think uh I don't know Jared, but good job man um pastoring a church right now leading a flock is is really really hard um I know uh we'cause you're one you're yeah. a pastor yeah we We planted uh Soli Deo Gloria Church, which is like the worst name for any church uh, and we planted it last June, which is you know Latin a little yeah, bit which uh. is the worst time to plant a church ever, but by the grace of God, we've experienced some success, and actually during this pandemic, we've grown um and uh we've wrestled we had to wrestle in different ways than what Jared was saying. I thought Jared uh, your approach was was extremely leveled and uh thoughtful to to your entire body taking into account their uh their prospective ages and making sure that you're you're actually pastoring you're shepherding you're leading your flock uh on an individual basis not just a corporate basis which is what we need to be doing um and uh we we had solely have a different we had a different situation we were on borrowed space so uh a, a local church um gave us uh, a space to meet for free every Sunday. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was awesome. And um, But they were a congregation of, and I'm talking their average age is, I mean, upwards of 65, 70, uh, old population. Um, so when COVID hit, they shut everything down pretty quickly, including us. So we had to get creative. And uh, we went through a lot of the same processes. But being a, a plant, uh, we don't have the structures um, like Jared's Church we don't we don't even we don't have deacons yet uh our elder board is our four our four founding pastors you know right i know yeah so it's it's a real simple model and it's actually that way by design um but we uh, ultimately land on the fact that we we stopped meeting for a time and that just we couldn't uh we d- we didn't feel like we were being responsible to the bride of Christ i think it's uh i think it's really really important to understand that the 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 church isn't a bar it's not a restaurant. It's not a grocery store. It's not a hardware store. It's not a mall. Uh, the The church is the bride of Jesus Christ. It's something very special, and in, in and even so, it's it's protected and it's written into our constitution. You know, our our Bill of Rights, at least, um, not the Constitution, but and there are certain protections that are afforded uh, to the church uh, because it has a special status. You know, I think that what what's happened is is oftentimes we we've become synchronistic in our thinking with naturalism. We started off talking about this, yeah. And and we forgot that that something supernatural happens every single Sunday. You see, the Church of Jesus Christ goes to battle with Satan. Yeah. Um, and uh, and when the church doesn't meet, uh, something is missing. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that that that, that Christ is going to somehow all of a sudden lose. We know that doesn't happen. But anyways, uh, and we felt the the we felt that tearing at us, and uh, so we started meeting in people's backyards. Yeah. So now we gather about hundred to hundred and twenty people. Um, it's in, a big backyard. Yeah, yeah, but it's actually, it's funny, because I say 100 to 120, it sounds like a lot, but it's like probably 60% kids, <laughs> and we have That's kids good. in our worship service, That's and great. it's actually been, what, what we've seen happen has just been uh, uh, amazing, Good, good. Um, the, the Bride of Christ coming together, so awesome. it's nice to hear other people are doing similar things.
0: Hey, so Greg from Costa Mesa has been patiently waiting, wow, for like close to 20 minutes Whoa. already. I know, Greg, I'm going to bring you on right now.
2: Yeah,
4: I'm Greg.
0: I hope you're there. Are you there?
4: I am still here. Oh, great.
0: Uh, so, thanks for uh, waiting, and uh, <laughs> let let us know what what is your opinion on on how church has changed during the pandemic.
4: Well, uh, let me ask a really quick question before I proceed. Sure. When you said when you were referring to Stanley's church, are, are, did you mean Charles Stanley's church? I, I, it's Andy's
1: son, Andy. Andy Stanley.
4: Andy Stanley.
1: Yeah. Yes. Okay. Not Charles Stanley. Yeah, that's yeah. No, not Charles Stanley. It's his son. But Andy Stanley is that North? I think it's North Point.
4: Oh well, if it's if it's I'm really disappointed. I, this gets into what I was kind of hoping to say. Actually, yeah, you it's just North Point. Really, stole my thunder. But um, and and Jared did a good job of that as well.
2: Um.
4: My wife and I belong to, uh, used to be a fairly decent sized church in in Orange County. It's gotten smaller for various reasons. And this COVID thing may actually kill it. It, it had, you know, it's been doing the, um, the online meetings and stuff, but, uh, not adequate. Mm. Um, I totally agree with your idea and Jared's idea that, that the church should consider that the leaders of the church should consider themselves essential, just like uh, Pastor MacArthur has. I think Pastor MacArthur's been a great um, example and leader. Um, I I have another biblical reference that I'd like to bring into this, and, and that is that you know Paul was a Roman citizen, and he demanded for what Roman citizenship uh, afforded itself, to, you know, to, to be done unto him, okay? Um, you were just mentioning our Constitution. Yeah, we live in the state of California, but our, over, our umbrella um, legal document is the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights are the first ten amendments of the Constitution and uh the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights absolutely gives us the right and and in some you know some may even think based on what many of the founding fathers have written and thought et cetera, et cetera, the responsibility to um proceed and and worship uh biblically in spirit and truth but but I believe the government uh wanted that for us, they just didn't want to get involved.
0: Yep. Very good, so, yeah. So,
4: um, what I'm seeing, or what I think I'm seeing, is that the churches who are kind of not doing what Jared was suggesting, or I, you know what, I feel like an idiot, I don't know your name. I'm Harry. The one who is oh, Harry? The, Sorry, Harry. Yeah,
0: that's fine, Sorry, and then Harry. there's John. and <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Greg. <laughs>
4: Uh, but whoever was having church meetings in the backyard, which is something oh, we should John. be doing also, yeah, you know, if 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 for whatever reason we're not we're not congregating um, in the old church building, we should be doing that. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not a good example of that myself. But <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I I'm I'm just a layperson. I'm not a pastor or anything like that, and and. Um, but what I recognize is that those who are weak, they're not going to be followed. Yeah. You know, if 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 you are weak as a pastor, especially in the situation where the chips are down, and where you show your mettle, where you're supposed to show your metal, um, you're not going to be followed. Your church will die if there's no leadership.
0: So, Greg, yeah. l- let me ask you this question, Greg. So I, I know uh, I have really good friends on the other side of this saying—you you mentioned, you know, uh, you-, you mentioned death or-, or people will die. But uh, the-, the other side says if we're not putting safety first, then you have no congregation to lead because they will die. So that's the other side uh, where to them, depending on how you— uh, Put, where you place your priorities or your values, to them it's life, preserve life at all costs. And if that is their ultimate value, then you don't meet at all because that, uh, that you know, guarantees your uh, chances of, of people not getting sick or catching it or spreading it. What, what would you say to that?
4: Well, a couple things. Um, if, if you're in a high-risk group, um, by all means, follow certain wisdoms. Yeah. But let's be specific. Let's follow the wisdoms that God gave us. Now, one of the other things that's coming out is, okay, in reality, this is a reality. These are the statistics. These are the numbers. This disease is no more deadly than the common cold. Uh, that's, that's just a fact. The everything that certain people within the CDC and the NIH, and I don't know if you realize it or not, but a lot of the standards of care were established by the World Health Organization, not the CDC and the NIH. The CDC and the NIH just went along with it. Okay, so we're actually, we're actually following guidelines that are WHO approved. Well, all that stuff has been proven to be baloney. Um, Ventilators are the worst thing on, worst way on earth to try to treat this. Okay. It blows your lungs out. It's, it's, uh, I could go into medical things. You probably don't want me to do that, but, um, I, I'm pretty familiar with what's going on here. My mom was, was mortally ill, at the time, this broke out. She was in the hospital at the time this broke out. I, this, I was pre-med, pre-vet, and, and so I'm not completely without knowledge when it, when it comes to these things. But um, what the, what, what, getting back to the wisdom thing, we as Christians need to read up and study what is really going on. What is actually happening here? Um, most people don't know that the facts are um, death wise death rate wise this is no worse than the average flu, okay and yeah, there are ways you could you could check that out. Most people also don't know that many states and counties were actually over assessing their um, their rates of
1: yeah I've heard of that uh, I've heard of that I think uh, I think Greg you hit on it right up front and, and, and <clears throat> excuse me it kind of sidesteps the the whole do, do we agree on the numbers and the statistics and stuff like this uh, you use use uh, it, it, it's kind of just conventional wisdom here that if you're if you're uh if you're nervous about this, if this is something that you want to take seriously and you're nervous about, you're not going to go to a place where everybody's wearing a face masks, you're not going to go to a place where somebody's social distancing, don't go. Uh right. and that is your privilege, you know, uh, to yep. not go. And then any any quality church, I think a church that's actually caring for its people are going to respect that and you're going to shepherd those people just in a different way than you're going to your your flock that comes on Sundays, right? And that's that's what that's what my church has been trying to do, where we have uh, we have a few people um, that just happens. The demographic of my church is younger, but we do have a few people that have health issues that don't feel comfortable coming to my backyard or, or, or a friend's backyard for church service on Sunday. And that's totally fine. And we what we do is we make a special effort to make sure that that person feels loved, feels accepted and knows that that is completely fine. I understand that. Sure. You know. Absolutely. And and but, and that's where like I think the objection, you know, well, if you don't have a flock to to to, to shepherd, you know, cuz all of them are going to die. Well, that's just that's just that's just that it's not the fact of the matter. It just doesn't that's just not like that's just stupid to be honest with you. <laughs> and I I hate saying it that way, like so blunt cuz normally I'm not like that. But it's just not—it's uh, just not how this thing has been playing out. And when you have major—and this is this is where the rubber meets the road for me—when you have major leaders in the Christian community, like an Andy Stanley, who's saying—and I'm looking at the conversation that he had on NPR, like um, in front of me. So he says, uh, "Consequently, we cannot guarantee uh, your safety," and that's the big uh, part of this decision. And there's the thing here. And here and then there's the thing. Even if we did reopen, we said—and this is this is what really gets me we we real uh we certainly would not be able to create a quality adult or children's worship experience and and it's like well wow. i am not i'm I'm not there as a pastor to create an experience for for yeah. for my my uh my congregants and and I'm just saying it bluntly and I'm sure it's going to get me in a little bit of trouble. Um, with, with somebody well, somewhere, because
4: church is not <laughs> Disneyland.
1: That's right, and 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 here's and he, herein lies a, a major issue, and I think that we see it when when a pandemic like this hits, when something like this hits, that's exceptional. Uh, we see the church folding because what's happened is is we've we have become. Somehow adopted these these measures. We've adopted these techniques of the entertainment industry, and we can't hang. I'm sorry, but we don't have the budget. We don't have the the quality production tools. And when something like this happens, we fold because we can't we can't we can't do what you know HBO does, and we shouldn't be trying. Yeah, right. Try yeah, it's <laughs> totally know? different. Yeah, it's totally different. So, anyways, like. The, the, and I think that you hit on that early on, you know, that, that, uh, that if you, if you're at, if you feel like you're at risk, I mean, absolutely, please stay home. Don't, I don't want to cause a brother to stumble in that way, you know, and I certainly don't right. want you to, you feel uncomfortable at church, stay home. But at the same time, there's no reason why uh, I'm 40. I've got kids ages 10 to to three, statistically speaking, uh, I'm more likely to die driving to church than I am from COVID-19 or anybody in my family. So allow me to worship God, you know, in 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 uh in in, cor- in a corporate worship service as it's been designed since the beginning of church.
4: Yeah. yeah. Right. And if I may just I I know you want to move on, but um one other thing, the early church um you know, they took the arrows when it came to plagues and whatnot that were going around, and they ministered to people. Yeah. And and some some of the folks ministering to the people died. Uh, what all of us need to remember, if if we are truly Christians and and not just church goers, but if we if we're Christians, you know, all of us need to remember, uh, we're just, we're occupying. A finite amount of time here. This is not. This is not our eternal place. Um, if God calls us to minister, um, and you know, I get COVID or something. Well, I don't. First off, I think I've already had it. I haven't died from it. Um, and if I got it again, which may be possible, I don't think I would die from it that time. But but my point is this. If I'm going to be obedient to the Lord and the Lord tells me to go to a leper colony, uh, I'm not supposed to zoom that in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll go via Skype. (laughs) That's a really great point. I I, I like that you said that. Yeah. That's a good way to put it.
0: Hey, Greg, thanks for uh, chiming in. we got to move on, so I appreciate your call. And uh, keep listening. Thanks again, Greg. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. That was great. So, uh, again, our topic for tonight has been, how has church changed during the pandemic? If you have thoughts and opinions about that, if you're a churchgoer, you want to share your experience, uh, give us a call, 888-995-KKLA. Again, that's 888-995-5552. So, John, um, uh, Greg mentioned uh, something about... uh, I caught it, actually. It's a phrase now that I am hearing and reading a lot of, the phrase, true Christians. (laughs) I'm hearing that now. And uh, it's trying to, uh, you know, I mean, for good or for bad, it's trying to differentiate... The nominal Christians versus the true Christians, and and what's going <laughs> oh, on right gosh. now? It, apparently, this pandemic is exposing <laughs> that now, and and that's interesting. <coughs> I'm, I'm afraid it's it, it might be more it might be uh, shedding more heat than light. Uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, theoretically, that that's always true, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I mean, we shouldn't be judging people, uh, judging their faith, but in some ways, that that may be a true thing, right? I mean, what what are the pros and cons
1: on that? What do you think? Sure. I mean, this is— a
0: <laughs> True Christians. I'm hearing that phrase now, you know, the true yeah. Christians. I mean, I would
1: definitely have to ask what that means, yeah. but at the same time, I see studies— Okay, uh, there's a study just released, Barner or Pew said that— uh, 54% of evangelicals or something like, i'm making 54% but it's a high percentage or 31% that maybe 31% of evangelicals don't believe Jesus is God well if you don't believe Jesus is God then you're not an evangelical i mean right. that, that that's just uh that's just that's just the way that it goes you know so i don't know how we're defining our terms and but but i do know what people are saying you know and and i actually do think that god's doing something with through this pandemic uh, maybe maybe God's pressing back at the model of church that we have going on, like the bank of churches. Uh, maybe God's saying, maybe it's time to th- rethink this. Um, uh, you know how how are we uh, how are we answering the call uh, to, to you know to plant churches to go and make disciples of all the nations. Um, but but as far as judging somebody's faith, I don't know their heart. So and and so when I say that, like when I say, Well, they're not evangelicals, I'm not judging the purpose of this person's heart, I'm judging their words exactly what they're admitting to. So if you tell me that Jesus isn't God, well then you're outside of uh, of of uh classical Christian doctrine. Um yeah, and that poll was
0: to uh, Christians too. They were polled, right? Yeah, Christians it, were polled. And absolutely.
1: They, so, what was the what was the phrase that you the specific phrase? You, true Christians. You, true Christians. And that's what I'm hearing now. Yeah. So, and and I I mean I think that I, I definitely think that the 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 pandemic has has done a winnowing in the church. I think that when churches do open back up, and and I pray that a lot of them do open back up, I definitely think we're going to see smaller church uh, attendances, um, because there'll be a winnowing, uh, people, people have become very comfortable being at home. Um, and, uh, so when they do open up and those services are still offered to them, they're going to stay at home. Now we can have the discussion. Uh, we don't really, I don't know if we have enough time to get into it tonight, but we can have the discussion of actually doing church from home is actually doing church. Uh, I would say it's not. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, let's talk about that. So, um, uh, we've had this,
0: privatized faith for a while and uh that that's like a whole different show how we've become how we've become to accept this private faith uh practice and uh like you said uh no that's not right uh that doesn't work and uh but in this pandemic it's showing that uh, some people actually are behaving that way like they can do church at home just turning on
1: uh YouTube and and listening to the service, and that's it after an hour right yeah um I mean it, it literally like hurts my heart when or my spirit or something like it just i, I haven't a reaction when I see those pictures on Facebook people they're with their feet up on the coffee table and the and the and the pastor on their t v screen and them you know with their dog and wife watching, oh, I'm at church, yeah. and it's just like no, yeah, like well, <laughs> well, why don't
0: you unpack that a little bit why Why do you think that that's not right after all? they're listening to the service uh-huh. they're listening to music uh and uh let, let's just say their hearts are attuned to it um but why is that not church?
1: Yeah, so I think that the experience changes when it's like that. And I think, and I'm not talking, it's just all experiential. But for example, watching a movie in your house on your couch with your wife is not going to the movies, right? There's, there's something about being in the theater and, and, and having the people around you and participating corporately with these people in a shared experience that's happening. Now you add to it the, the supernatural reality of what's happening on Sunday mornings, right? I mean the table, yeah. You know, I think, I think what we do now is we've set up church to be consumeristic. So what happens is, is we've told our people, Hey, come into our buildings, sit down, you're going to hear some, uh, half decent music. You're going to maybe sing along to it. And then you're going to hear some guy talk for 35 minutes and you're gonna hear some half decent music again, unless you're at Andy Stanley's church and it'll be awesome music, I'm sure. <laughs> right. And, and then, and, and then you get to go home, you know, and maybe pay for it. Right. And, uh, and and that's what and that's what we're teaching people. But there's actually like there's there's a depth of church, and and when you're with the community of God, something real is happening. There's a transformation that's happening underneath the surface. Our our, our battle isn't with flesh and blood, right? And uh, and when we when we gather together, we're doing war, you know. And uh, and and we're growing, and we're, we're when we pray corporately, you know, something happens there. I'm not saying we alter God's plans, or God hears us necessarily differently. But just amazing stuff happens when we're gathered together.
0: And and again, we're sort of uh, denying... We need
1: two hours tonight, I know.
0: We're denying how our bodies uh, actually relate to one another, our bodily uh, reactions and our facial expressions. And uh, that all gets minimized, and that shouldn't be, really.
1: Um, It's almost a Gnostic idea, right? Where uh, our
0: bodies don't matter, apparently. You're
1: going from an active participation in something to a to a, a sedentary consuming of something, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, wow. I, I hear that music, and it, it's uh, telling me that it's time to end, John. That's insane. Um, that's crazy. That This hour went by really fast. I want to thank you, John, for being here physically. Thank here. you. I love it. I can reach across <laughs> the table, touch you. Uh, this is great. Thanks to all of uh, our listeners and our supporters. Thanks to... Gabriel, our uh, our technician that makes everything happen. Uh, let, thank you, brother. Uh, and again, I hope that you've listened and that you've learned something new that adds to uh, some aspect about your Christian worldview and that it strengthens your faith and makes you want to learn more. Um, so uh, good night, and until next time, uh, we'll see you later. Good night. All right.